why don't we start off with like a little bit about your background and we can take it from college days like how you started with your first internship and how you got to the point where you are today sure um so you know i i studied engineering and construction in college and i was sort of going through the motions but it didn't make sense to me until uh, i did my first internship i did one for a construction company and one for a, a civil engineering company and once I actually saw how the pieces uh, came together, uh, when I returned to school after each of those internships, uh, my grades were dramatically better and uh, everything just uh, fit. I, I understood where, where we were actually going with the education and the courses mm -hmm. we were getting. And so, um, I completed, uh, completed school in uh, 1985, and uh, that was in the era of Ronald Reagan. Okay. And mm -hmm. uh, uh, in the early 80s, uh, the economy was just in a terrible condition. Uh, the prime interest rate, which, which now is about 2 or 3%, mm -hmm. was 21%. Oh, wow. And so, uh, as I graduated, there were virtually no jobs in engineering and construction, especially uh, in the states like Texas, where uh, the engineering jobs were heavily driven by the oil economy. Mm -hmm. right. So there was just, there was a national recession, and then there was also um, uh, lots of issues with, uh, with the oil, uh, the crash of the oil economy. So transitioning from uh, sort of that time period in your life mm -hmm. to starting your first job um, or starting your first proper job yep. after college, like how was that experience? Well, uh, as I was finishing college, there was only one interview uh, the year I graduated. Normally, companies are swarming college campuses for interviews to, to hire new graduates. Mm -hmm. And so with only one interview, uh, uh, there were, the odds were so remote of getting right. a job. I graduated, uh, still didn't have anything. And then I saw an opportunity in the newspaper and um, really thought that it was a good fit for me. Um, and um, at the time I was uh, eight hours away living eight hours away from Houston mm -hmm. where were you? in Mississippi okay and so uh, I called uh, about the job the, in those days we didn't have email and faxes and uh, right, you just had to do it the old fashioned way right so I called and um and the uh, secretary that took the call basically said that uh, uh, Mr. Lamb, the, the gentleman that was taking the uh, applications and doing right. the hiring, mm -hmm. had received all the inter applications he could possibly receive and that he was going to select because they were just right. flooded. Uh, right. So uh, mm -hmm. there was really no point in... Uh, 
continuing because they were overwhelmed with responses. Mm -hmm. And so this was that morning sometime, and I thought about it, and I said, I, I just can't take no for an answer. Right. Uh, so I called, I called back after lunch, and uh, I put on an adult voice <laughs> uh, as That's though... Awesome as though I already knew this gentleman. Mm -hmm. And uh, I asked, uh, instead of asking about the job, I just asked to be connected to him as though I knew him. And um, she patched me right through. And I, t I seized the moment and I just, I told him that, told him my story, that I wanted, I wanted the job, I thought I'd be the perfect candidate. And that uh, I was in Mississippi and uh, could be there in the morning for an interview. I'd drive it, I would drive the eight hours overnight. And so I think that when he heard that I, would, I was willing to drive overnight mm -hmm. for the job, he, he agreed. And um, so I was there the next day and um, I told them um, uh, my salary requirements uh, and uh, I said, I'll, I'll work for um, anything you guys want to pay me. Uh, I just need the job. So you didn't have an ego or a self of entitlement or sense of entitlement when you kind of started out? Because like, I've noticed a lot of people have that, when they, especially when they get a degree. Mm -hmm. They kind of feel like, oh. Right when they graduate. Yeah, right when they graduate, mm -hmm. they have this sort of feeling of entitlement, like, I'm not going to work for less than this mm -hmm. X amount or Y amount, whatever. And so you kind of let go of that just to get yourself in the door. I, I just wanted to get the job. And uh, uh, so in, in today's world, it wouldn't seem like much money. But to me, um, even though I said I'd come in for and just prove myself, they offered me uh, $22,300 a year. This is in 80... In 1985. 85. Okay. Mm. And uh, that was in December of 85. Uh, I had no idea, but the assignment I got was in uh, to move to San Antonio from Houston mm -hmm. by February of 85. And because I was relocated... Uh, I was eligible for something called subsistence. Okay. And so, all of a sudden, my salary went from twenty-two thousand three hundred to um, uh, six thousand dollars more. Uh, so I, I was getting another five hundred a month for like uh, rent and stuff uh, mm -hmm. for for the out of out of town assignment, which I just had a one bedroom apartment that right. that was. Uh, that was just a gift to me. Mm -hmm. So, uh, being flexible and and just taking things as as they come, uh, without expectation, mm -hmm. uh, you you often get great surprises in life. And that was uh, a twenty five or thirty percent raise in uh, within the first quarter of going to work. All right, it's very very interesting, and I feel like a lot of people can get you know, value from this conversation is like, you don't have to sort of be entitled to what you think you deserve. Mm -hmm. Like you just have to 
take things for what they are and like Atul said, you get surprises along the way. Willing to work hard from the very beginning. Um, yeah. Because I, I know I've spoken to a lot of my friends and whatnot and they talk about once they graduate with their degree, they're going to make a certain amount of money immediately. Mm -hmm. And I think this story just kind of shows how important it is to be willing to work for almost nothing at first, just to prove yourself. Yeah. So let's get into a little bit about, let's kind of progress the timeline further. Mm -hmm. So after you get your first job, um, what was the transition to Pepper Lawson like? And when did that occur? That was, uh, that was about, uh, let's see, it was seven years later. Mm -hmm. uh, so I had been with two companies uh, until then, uh, specializing in uh, the waterworks business, so a very specific business. Right. And uh, the second company, uh, for them, Waterworks was just a niche market. It wasn't their primary uh, primary line. And I was I was young, and my boss uh, resigned mm -hmm. at the division manager. And uh, that company didn't think I was experienced enough and old enough. How old were you? I was thirty. Uh, to to run the division, um, so they 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 were saying this behind my back, mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. so that I would complete the assignment I was on, but they they had already concluded that uh, they were going to phase out of that business, and so another colleague of mine had already moved to Pepper Lawson, and learned that uh, Pepper Lawson was interested in entering this niche market. The waterworks market. The waterworks mm -hmm. market. And uh, he made the introduction to the president. Uh, we met and uh, and so I joined after I completed the assignment I was on and um, uh, started up the waterworks division. So did you, so there was already a waterworks division or were no. you the kind of pioneer? No, I pioneered it. Okay, interesting. And then you started up the waterworks position when you were thirty. Yes. And so that was that might have that must have been like a huge responsibility and a huge kind of deal at it, that time. It was huge, but um, what I what I drew upon is I had lots of notes and records from what I had been involved with all along the way mm -hmm. and I had good computer skills mm -hmm. and so what I was able to do is at nights and on the weekend I was able to create a system a platform that I could utilize to to build the business from how, how many hours were you working about per week Oh, I was probably working um, during the, the work week mm -hmm. uh, about 45 to 50 hours. Mm -hmm. uh, I always worked Saturday mornings, so that was another four hours. Um, and then, uh, based on deadlines, another five five to ten hours a week. 
So usually, you know, 60 to 70 hour weeks overall. So lots of extra time. A absolutely. Mm -hmm. And what, like, what was kind of behind that drive to outwork everyone and mm -hmm. to pioneer that division? Like what, what, what made you want to be that person? Is it like, can you attribute that to your upbringing or just the way that you are? Well, I think at that point in my life, um, it, it was more about, um, you know, it was just an, it was an opportunity and just to, to do the best I could with the opportunity. Okay. And uh, to, um, and, and there was something else. There was um, uh, a competitor of ours who, uh, who, sort of minimized that whether we could even succeed, you know, sort of, it was a joke. Like in the waterworks? Yes, it? yes. And, mm -hmm. and so... What, what do you mean? What do you mean that he said they were, it was a joke? Well, that somebody so young could start a division. Oh, just and, because of your age? Yeah, and mm -hmm. on, uh, completely <clears throat> on their own. And so um, uh, he minimized the... Uh, uh, the idea that we could be successful. And that was a driver for me, certainly. Mm -hmm. uh, Just to prove him uh, wrong. Of course. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and then jumping ahead a little bit, um, from what I understand, you uh, purchased some equity in the company, and I, I was wondering if you could kind of go into detail of how you made kind of those financial decisions that set you up for a little bit more success. Well, so, some of it was just, uh, uh, timing mm -hmm. and um, that some good things happened at the right moment mm -hmm. um, so the the timing was that um, we were we had completed one of the most not one of the absolute most successful financially successful project in the company's history do you remember what it was yes it was the southeast project nice and um, and my uh, compensation was tied to uh, the success, financial success of these projects. And uh, when it was enormously successful, it of course created this substantial pool of money that uh, that was being held for me in in a reserve account. Mm -hmm. uh, at the same time, the uh, the president had some health issues and he was looking for um, a, a succession plan. Uh, there was also the drive uh, driver to create a company uh, in, rather than a niche division to create a completely separate company. So to make Waterworks. Waterworks, okay, make Waterworks like its own entity. That's right. And so, uh, it was a lot of it was timing a lot a lot of it was the success of the previous project that gave me the money to buy in mm -hmm. um, the success of the previous project also drove the decision by the uh, by the investing partners that this would be good mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that it would be a, not just a good investment a great investment so that's that's how that came into mm -hmm. play. And do you think 
making such investments and taking kind of risk, like starting your own division, pioneering that when no one believes in you and no one kind of, uh, no one believes that you could see that through. Do you think taking risks in those situations is important in life? Uh, or do you prefer playing it safe? I think you have to take calculated risk and, and the risk is you hedge the risk through your work effort. Mm -hmm. And, um, and a lot of it's just visualization. If, if you visualize the success and, and you drive toward that vision, mm -hmm. uh, if you're capable and you're hardworking and you're mm -hmm. smart, you'll get there. But if you never visualize that success, uh, you're, you're gonna just typically be an employee, mm -hmm. right. which is fine. Which is, there's, there's nothing wrong with being an employee. It's, but there's, um, there are a few common traits uh, between being an entrepreneur and a business owner versus an employee. Mm -hmm. Right. And then I wanted to add kind of an open-ended question. Um, how would you define success? And to add to that, what kind of advice would you give young entrepreneurs uh, just starting out to really put them in the right direction towards success? Well, I think success is uh, different for everybody. You know, for, for some people, uh, success is just Ab absolutely about maximizing the full uh, business potential out of what you're doing and maximizing profits and 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 it's in a purely uh, business sense for for others it's uh, they're, they're more driven by um, success as a balance of business and mm -hmm. and personal goals mm -hmm. uh, uh, and yet others uh, are, are are driven to uh, also include social or, or religious right. aspects to to, suspe uh, to success. success. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it's just a deeply personal decision of how you define success because mm -hmm. um, it, it is uh, very different for each of us. Right, everyone kind of has their own balance. Mm -hmm. Certainly.